When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Welcome everybody to the Lightning Round Podcast. I am Garrett, which is at Garrett Sisti on Twitter. Jamie is at Lightning underscore round. And this week we've got two podcasts. Earlier this week, we covered the defensive side of the ball and the training camp battles. Uh, Last week, we covered offense and special teams. So if you haven't heard those, Go back and listen to those as we head into preseason. But right now, we're going to do the way too early 53-man roster projection. So we are going to guess who the 53 players are going to make the roster. And the first game starts this weekend. So we have not seen them play any actual football yet. We haven't even seen them practice against other teams yet. So we're just going to go in blind. This is the way too early 53-man roster projection. And Jamie's got his list. I got mine. And we're going to get right into it. We'll start with offense, go to defense, and the special teams. So, Jamie, we're going to start with the important group here on offense. It is quarterbacks. They're carrying three. Do three make it on the roster? Two, I, what do you got? I do not have three making the roster. And maybe that's just because my personal preferences are clouding Outweighing my judgment. you here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but I, for my 53, I have Justin Herbert and Chase Daniel. Uh, and can we talk for a minute about how weird it is to write somebody's name other than Philip Rivers at the top of the 53-man roster yeah. to start camp? That's so strange. 
so weird. And knowing that he's good too. It's yeah. not, you know, Tyrod Taylor or, you know, just some kind of fill in gap. It's a real deal with some real potential. Yeah. And I don't think we did a 53 last year, so we didn't even have no, to talk uh-uh. about Tyrod, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I wanted to write Philip Rivers in just out of habit and I had to stop myself and put Herbert in. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I have two quarterbacks making the roster and mine are obviously are Justin Herbert, the starting quarterback, the franchise and uh, Chase Daniel is my second quarterback. Um, you know, we talked about this with the position battles last week. And to me, I think when you're looking for a second, a second string quarterback, you're looking for a few things. You're looking for somebody who knows and can run the offense at a reasonable level to keep teams in the game. If the starting quarterback is hurt, you're looking for someone who you don't have to terribly dumb down or oversimplify the roster or oversimplify the offense. I should say in order for him to run it. And I think you want somebody who brings something to the table, either physically or from a, a football IQ standpoint, that the starting quarterback doesn't bring to the table. So I went with Chase Daniel because he's a veteran. He's seen it all. I think he can really help bring Herbert along in the film room and help him with his reads on the field. Um, we know he knows the offense because he's played in the Saints offense before. Um, he's proven himself to be an effective backup quarterback. I believe he's the quarterback who beat the chargers. What was it in 2013 when the Chargers or almost beat the chargers mm-hmm. in 2013, right? Yep. Almost. Um, should have, so should have, I mean, <laughs> chargers got plenty of help in that game. Yeah. We, we don't need to get into that, but yes. Yeah, no. Um, so we've seen him, you know, play well when needed. And I think most importantly is, you know, he can be that, that voice, that kind of mentor for Herbert. Um, I just don't see what Easton stick stick brings to the table. Um, the arm strength isn't there. Herbert's a better athlete than stick. So where stick might've made sense as a backup when rivers was here because he could move around and create that kind of a wrinkle. They don't really need that to create a wrinkle. And there's nothing that stick does that Herbert is not 10, 15, 20, 30 times better at. He's just, <laughs> he's just not very good. So <laughs> And I, I don't think anybody has seen anything from Stick in any of the camps that he's participated in uh, to suggest that he is worthy of being kept on the roster at this point as anything more than a third-string quarterback. And keeping a third-string quarterback is stupid. So I did not keep a third-string quarterback. So my quarterbacks are Herbert and Chase Daniel. Yeah, uh, I actually agree with you. I think they've got some groups that are going to need some guys. And I think you make up for it here by only carrying two quarterbacks. I got the same two, Justin Herbert, Chase Daniel. You know Herbert's a starter. Chase will be the backup. Now, for me, Easton Stick is out, and I know that you know he hasn't looked good in camp. And I think, to me, the veteran takes over the rookie or the uh, the young kid. I know he was drafted in the fifth round in 2019, but I don't think that offers enough for a, a, a roster spot. And this is a whole new staff. I think you can theoretically pick up another young developmental quarterback when cuts happen and then stash them on your practice squad as your kind of camp arm there than keeping Easton stick and using up a roster spot. So to me, there's some other guys that I think need to make this roster and could provide depths in other positions and we'll get to it. So here, I think the Chargers should only carry two quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, Chase Daniel. And I think it's going to be two as well. Yeah. And you know, I, they might already have their developmental quarterback on the roster. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they wind up carrying uh, Costello. KJ Costello mm-hmm. um, on the practice squad. You know, he's a big, he's a big, strong arm kid. He can move around a little bit, 
had some success playing at the in the SEC and in the Pac-12. So we know he can play at a high level. Um, I think he's a guy who they may see as more of a developmental prospect with more upside, whereas Stick is he's I, I I guess he's fun to root for. I mean, I still don't understand why people are so emotionally attached to a kid who's like never been on the field for a meaningful <laughs> snap. I I just don't get it. But um, there are people out there who want to make the roster. I just don't see what he offers, and I think you might there might be more from a developmental perspective, from an upside perspective with a kid like KJ Costello, if they decide to go that route, or I'm sure there will be dozens of quarterbacks out there who they could, who they could add after cuts are made. Right. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to running backs and fullbacks. And this is uh, my first surprise cut here. I've got them carrying four. Um, to me, this is one of the harder groups to figure out. Uh, they should only have three, four guys tops, but there really is a case for five of them. Now we know Austin Eckler is ready for an expanded role. We know rookie Roundtree has an impressed in camp. Joshua Kelly is in his second year on the team, so I think he's pretty safe. Justin Jackson, even after you know coming off the uh, the COVID list, he's kind of taken over that RB two role. So I think he's going to be safe too. The guy for me who's going to end up getting cut in my fifty three is Gabe Neighbors. Now I know he's been a special team standout, but to me, carrying five running backs slash fullback doesn't make a ton of sense. I think Eckler, Jackson, Kelly, Roundtree are safe, which to me leaves neighbors as a lone man out, but he was l- quite literally my last cut. I had them carrying five running backs up until probably 10 minutes before recording this podcast, and then I had to swap one guy in, and neighbors ended up hitting the cutting room floor for me. So I've got four, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, and then the rookie Larry Roundtree. How about you? I have three. Ooh. Um, I'm not, I'm not counting neighbors as a running back. I'm counting him as a fullback H right. back. Um, so, so include him in this group. Okay. So then I, I'm going with four running backs, okay. including the fullback. Okay. Technically, technically five, but I've got somebody in another position group who can fill a fullback role. And we'll get to that here in a minute. Some foreshadowing there for you. Huh. Okay. Um, so I have Austin Eckler and my list at the, the halfback position has changed a bit since we talked last week. Um, I had thought that Justin Jackson was going to get cut. And now it's looking like you said, he's pretty much got that RB two role nailed down. Um, as much as everybody knows, I like to dig in and say, I'm right. And this is what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I also like to be right. And I'd prefer not to be wrong right away. So I, I can admit when I'm wrong, Justin Jackson seems like he's got that RB two role locked up. Uh-huh. He's going to make the team. I'd be shocked if he gets cut at this point, barring an injury. If he's goes down in the first preseason game and can't practice for the rest of the season, then something can change. But assuming he's healthy, all things being equal, mm-hmm. seems like he's got that RB two spot locked up. Right. And I went back and forth here. Um, initially I thought maybe Justin or Joshua Kelly might get cut. Um, but I've got him making the roster and it came down to between him and Roundtree. And I know Roundtree is the more recent draft pick. And you'd normally expect that that guy would make the roster. I think they're so similar. And if you look at the way they've been using Kelly on goal in goal line situations uh, with the first and second team, he's also a guy they've been throwing to more in practice. Uh, it seems like he's got that RB three role locked up. I just don't see the point in carrying four halfbacks, even if one of them was recently picked. So to me, as much as I thought either Jackson or Kelly might get cut, I just I couldn't 
rationalize cutting either one of them just based on the way they're being used in camp. And I've heard literally nothing about Roundtree through camp. Now, I haven't been to a practice yet. I'll be the first to admit that. So I haven't seen him live. But I've been following updates every day, and I haven't seen anybody say anything about Roundtree for almost two weeks now. Mm. So I don't have a whole lot of faith in him at this point. Um, and I think with Kelly and neighbors, there's less of a need to carry Roundtree. So I've got them carrying Eckler, Jackson, Kelly, and then Gabe neighbors as the fullback slash H back. I think he makes it because I think they're so focused on beefing up special teams that I think they will value his special teams contributions as a core special teamer. And they will likely keep him for that reason specifically. And there's another player who I think they, a couple more players who I think they'll do that with as well. But so those are my four backs, Jack, uh, Eckler, Jackson, Kelly, and neighbors, if you want to group him in with the with the rest of the running backs. Right, yeah. So if this is the running back fullback group, you've got four. I got four too, but we're split. I have them cutting neighbors. You have them cutting Roundtree. All right. That, interesting. Interesting. I, I'm I'm curious if they let Roundtree grow, go this early, but we'll see. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to tight ends. How many do you have them carrying? I have them carrying four tight ends. Uh, I didn't think I would, but the more that I look at it, the more I think – it just seems like the way things are going in camp. So let me just go to my list first. Obviously, I have Jared Cook, Donald Parham, and Trey McKitty making the roster because McKitty was a third-round pick, and mm-hmm. Cook and Parham are tight, end, are tight ends one and two. I also have them carrying Steven Anderson. And for much the same reason, I have them carrying Gabe Neighbors. Anderson is the core special teamer returning from last year. I think he led the team in special team snaps with like over 300 special team snaps last year. Uh, he's, it seems like he's working his way up the depth chart. He's becoming a playmaker on the second team offense in camp. Um, uh, Chase Daniel has been throwing to him quite a bit, both in the short and the deep passing game. Uh, and there's been talk about them also working him in at fullback and H back, trying to get him reps there. So it seems like they're really looking for a reason to keep him. And normally when you're in that situation, you find the reason you're looking for. So I've got four tight ends, Cook, Parham, McKitty, and Anderson. And I think Anderson makes it primarily because of his versatility and because of his special teams value, just like Gabe Neighbors. Yep, makes total sense. Uh, That's the reason why I initially had them keeping Neighbors as well. But I've got the same four, Jared Cook, Donald Parham, the rookie Trey McKitty, and Steven Anderson. We know Jared Cook's going to start. Donald Parham's going to look to cash in on that upside we saw uh, last year on this upcoming season, the third round pick Trey McKitty isn't going anywhere. Those three are locked in Steven Anderson. While he's on the bubble, like you mentioned, he is on first team special teams. I think he makes it as the fourth tight end. He's got some versatility. Like you mentioned, um, I I've got them carrying four. I didn't think it was that hard. I, I went back and forth on Steven Anderson, him and neighbors and a couple other guys here down this list. But, um, I ended up keeping Anderson. I mean, special teams is such a big deal and they have a big emphasis on it which makes me question neighbors more and more as we talk about it but <laughs> hey man i <laughs> it is what it is at this point so uh so i've got them keeping four as well and since we skipped fullback i'll let you go ahead and start with wide receiver so we got the same four tight end so so far we got the same numbers we uh differ on the running back fullback with neighbors and roundtree let's go with wide receiver because this is a group where there's a lot of guys that once had potential and a couple of the guys cannot make it, and they're going to be dropped during cuts. So talk to me. 
Yeah, this is one of the more hotly contested groups, I think, in camp in terms of position battles. We talked about it last week. Um, I have them, and I went back and forth on this. I started with them keeping five receivers, and I wound up talking myself into six, uh, which I didn't think I would do. And that sixth spot, I think spots five and six are kind of tough to predict, to be honest with you, because there's so much happening from day to day in that wide receiver group yes. that it's kind of hard to pin down. But I have them keeping six receivers. Obviously, we know Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they're safe. Spots three and four, more more than likely, Tyron Johnson and Joshua Palmer. Johnson seems to be ascending in camp. Uh, Palmer, obviously, the recent draft pick, he's not going anywhere, and he's been lighting it up in camp anyway, making plays. People are raving about his route running ability, his hands, how fast he is, how strong his hands are, everything. So he's safe. That leaves us with two spots. And I went back and forth with this quite a bit. And then I read something that made me second guess what I put down, but I put it down, (laughs) so I'm going to read it. (laughs) Uh, I have Austin Prohl and Jalen Guyton getting those last two spots. Now, I did read that uh, KJ Hill has been coming on late in camp. They've been impressed with his route running, and he's making a lot of plays. He's making his way up the depth chart. Joe Reed has kind of vanished in camp and is not making plays. He's falling down the depth chart. Uh, and you've also got um, Moore, Justin Moore? Jason. Jason Moore, uh, who seems to be making plays. He made a bunch of plays at FanFest on Sunday. He made some plays again today in camp, and it seems like he is ascending. So you have guys like Prohl, Guyton, Moore, and Hill, who all seem to be fighting for those last kind of two spots. And I think Johnson and and Palmer are both relatively safe in spots three and four. Right. So obviously those four, I think, are pretty locked in. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Tyron Johnson, Joshua Palmer, who didn't practice on Tuesday, but it was a family matter. So you've got four or five guys for probably two spots. Uh, you mentioned Jalen Guyton, KJ Hill, Joe Reed, Awesome Prohl, Jason Moore. So four or five guys for those spots. Like you mentioned, uh, I think Joe Reed is the easy one. He is out. Uh, you know, his best bet was to stick as returner, and Austin Prohl and KJ Hill have sped by him in that regard, no pun intended. So Joe Reed uh, does not make the team, I don't think. Uh, I think Austin Prohl has done enough in camp so far to make a case for keeping him. He had speed, which the team needs, and he's shown up. Uh, he's shown that he's got the chops as a returner. And to me, it came down to KJ Hill and Jalen Guyton. Now, I saw that depth chart too. And I'm going, is it going to be KJ Hill? Do they want the returner ability? I understand that he got the lead punt returner duties on the depth chart, but I think Austin Prohl wins that job. And keeping Hill and Prohl, to me, is a little redundant. So like you, I've got them keeping Jalen Guyton and Austin Prohl for those last two spots, six guys. You know, I know that Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson have, you know, same some of the same skill set. We talked about it on our Offensive Camp Battles podcast. And, but I still think he gets in. He's got he's kind of that veteran. He had starter experience all last year. I think that nudges him onto the 53. And though KJ Hill has come on strong, I just don't think it's enough. I think Austin Pearl wins the returner job uh, at the end of camp, which will take care of itself. And Jalen Guyton being kind of that veteran guy, they end up keeping him over guys like Jason Moore and and Hill and Reed. So I've got the same six: Allen Williams, Palmer, Johnson, Pearl, Guyton. I'm I'm surprised. You're surprised that we have the same numbers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I same. thought you were going to go KJ Hill. No, um, for a couple of reasons. One, 
I think he's slow as hell, and I have no interest in watching him return punts and no. kicks. No, when he was on, when he was number one on depth chart, I went how. He is just because so he's the veteran. He's so slow, and his instincts as a return man are so bad. He was awful last year. Now, to be fair, some of that stuff can obviously improve and evolve during the course of a season and between seasons and in camp. So it's not entirely fair to write him off and say he can't be instinctive and and be effective as a return man. But there's just no there's no explosion there. There's no elusiveness there, and he made so many bad decisions that I find it hard to believe that this coaching staff would run him out there as a return man. And not to mention, he seemed like he dropped the ball every time they threw it to him last year. Now that's something else that I think obviously can improve with time and with reps. But for somebody who was supposed to be a sure-handed wide receiver, he dropped a lot of balls last year, just clanked right off his hands. And from everything I've been reading, Austin Pearl is catching everything thrown his way. So I think that really benefits him. And I, I just think that, there's just really no more room on this roster for a kind of a slow receiver who really has to run perfect routes to get open. Like there's just no, I don't know. I just don't think there's anything there for him. No, for I mean, he was a possession receiver coming out of Ohio state. He was not a return man. He ran a four, six, I believe Yeah, that's not a guy you want returning the football. I mean, I look, we haven't, again, just the caveat here and this isn't us ducking, our choices because we're obviously going with these guys, but we haven't seen them playing any games yet. But to me, I just, I don't see, see them keeping KJ Hill. And I think it's Jalen Guyton, and Austin Prohl for those last two spots like you do. So we agree there. Uh, let's go on offensive line and we'll break it down tackles. And then the interior, I've got them keeping uh, one, two, three, four, five interior and five tackles. It's 10 total. Brian Balaga and Rashawn Slater, your starters, Trey Pipkin, Storm Norton. I mean, they have had no real competition to anybody taking that backup spot, tackle spot. So to me, they keep Pipkins and Norton. And then for me, there's a fifth guy in this group, and it's Tyree St. Louis. I think he adds versatility as a guy who could play a guard and tackle, which uh, has come as some flexibility to the Chargers. They could definitely use it at the bottom of this O-line depth chart. And then for the interior guys, Corey Lindsley, Odea Bougie, and Matt Filer are the starters left to right. Uh, Scott Questenberry served as the backup center. We saw when Lindsley went down at FanFest, the first guy up was Questenberry. And so I think he makes it. And then, of course, the staff has been bragging about how rookie Brendan Hymas has been developing during camp. And I think he definitely makes the team. So that's 10 total, five interior, five tackles. Brian Bala- For the tackles is Brian Balaga, Rashawn Slater, Trey Pipkin, Storm Norton, and Tyree St. Louis. For the interior guys, it's Corey Lindsley, Ode Abuji, Matt Filer, Scott Questenberry, and then Brendan Hymas. I have the same same oh, okay. number and the same players. Yeah, no change here. Um, I would just point out that I think when it comes to Tyree St. Louis, how can I put this? Uh, we use the word versatile very loosely. He has been asked to play several positions. Right, yes. It does not necessarily mean he can play several positions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he can barely play guard or tackle for that matter. So. <laughs> This is he's versatile like David Eckstein and Jeff Blum were versatile back in the day. Uh, very, Why? very loose. <laughs> Why are we dogging on Tyree St. Louis? Because he sucks. <laughs> is it because we had the same 10 offensive linemen? You just wanted to add, take a shot? I, all I'm oh, saying okay. is it wouldn't be the worst thing if somebody else stepped up in camp and grabbed that spot. Right, right. I have him making the roster too because I just don't see anybody else taking that spot. But. No. 
maybe the Hudson kid out of Cincinnati, maybe he could step up and grab a spot and show some versatility. I don't know. But right now, unless they add somebody after cuts, I would say those are the 10 that are going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. All right. So let's go to the other side of the ball. We just covered offense. Let's move on to defense and we'll start on the interior. Jamie, how many defensive tackles do you have them carrying? I have them keeping five defensive tackles. Uh, and my group is Linval Joseph, Jerry Tillery, Justin Jones, Christian Covington, who I think are all pretty much locks based on mm-hmm. the way the roster is put together. Yep. And my fifth spot could go between two guys. It could go either between Joe Gaziano or Braden Fehoko, but it sounds like Gaziano is getting more time with the ones uh, when they're going with uh, four, four defensive linemen. So right now I have Gaziano making it as my fifth defensive tackle. Yeah, same here. First four, like you mentioned, easy. Limville Joseph, Justin Jones, Jerry Tillery, and Christian Covington. That's basically one spot now for two, maybe three guys. Brennan Fajoko, Joe Gaziano, Cortez Broughton. But to me, even though Broughton and Fajoko have made some splash plays in camp, I think it's Joe Gaziano, like you mentioned. He got mixed in with the ones in camp, which makes me believe he wins the DT4 spot. So I've got them keeping five defensive, or excuse me, the DT5 spot, not four. I've got them keeping five. Joseph Jones, Tillery Covington, just like you, Joe Gaziano, which means Cortez Broughton and Brendan Fajoko get cut. So let's go on to the edge guys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So both obviously starting on one side. We'll see if it's going to be a Chenna Nuosu or Kyler Fackrell on the other side. So those three definitely are in. The rookie Chris Rumpf will also make the team. So that's four. And I've got them carrying one more. And I think that guy is going to be a Mekeg Boule. I think he could play on the edge. Uh, they asked him to stand up as a linebacker. I think with that worth on special teams, it lands him on the roster as kind of the last guy among these edge rushers who will also compete with Chris Rumpf there in that you know edge number four spot. So I've got them carrying five. Joey Bosa, Chen Nwosu, Kyler Fackrell, Chris Rumpf, and Emeka Egbule. I have the same group. Oh, nice. I have the same group, and I went back and forth on this uh, with Egbule. Same uh, just because it seems like Rump is coming on late in camp. I know Agbule has been flashing on defense. And like we talked about with uh, Gabe Neighbors and Steven, Al- Steven Anderson, um, I think they will keep Agbule primarily because of his special teams value. They view him as a core special teamer. And I think they see enough in him as a developmental edge guy that they will keep him and see if they can bring him along. So I've got five. Same five. Perfect. Bosa, Fackrell, Nuosu, Rump, and Agbule. All right. Let's go on to linebackers. 
I have them carrying five linebackers. I have them carrying Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, Kaiser White, Nick Neiman, and Amen Ogbonbamiga. Yes, yes, Ogbonbamiga. Yep. Uh, so for me, I think Neiman and Ogbong Mamiga wind up making the roster because, again, special teams value primarily. They've also been um, they've been preparing Ogbong Mamiga to call call the snaps in the second and third team huddle should somebody get hurt. So he's he's been learning to call uh, call the offensive plays, I should say, in the huddle or call the defensive plays in the huddle. Uh, Neiman is a guy who can do a little bit of everything on defense and should, I think he played a lot of special teams in college. So he should um, provide quite a bit of value on special teams as well. Kaiser White's a guy who's been mixing in with the ones on defense. He seems to be really ascending in this camp, making a lot of flashy big plays um, in the team drills. And then obviously Murray and Tranquil, your two kind of stalwart linebackers in, in the middle of that defense. Yeah. You know, I've got the same five. It's Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, Kaiser White, Nick Neiman, and Amen Agbongamiga, who is now our guy. I mean, we the more I watched him when we were doing the defense, the more I just was like, this kid's gonna make it. And the way he's been given more put more on his plate throughout this camp just makes me think that he's definitely making this roster. Uh, he's gonna be, you know, bottom of the depth chart, kind of a two-down linebacker in the box, and obviously can contribute on special teams if they need him. And, you know, we we know about Murray, Tranquil, White all you know, rotating with the starters. We know uh, rookie Nick Neiman has been getting more and more important reps in camp as we lead into the preseason. So he's in as well. The first four, easy for sure. But I am with you. I've got Ongbong Amiga making it as the fifth linebacker. Yeah, I think, you know, he's just, he he also kind of fits that Tom Telesco mold. He was a academic All-American in college. He started out as a special teamer at Oklahoma State, worked his way up the roster, became the team's leading tackler, led the team in tackles for loss and sacks in 2018, I believe had another really good year in 2019. So he's a kid who, um, really seems like he's ascending and I think they're going to like his work ethic. And those guys, those guys that work their tails off and earn everything coaches love those guys at the bottom of the roster. Cause they can always point to them as examples. So, Oh, absolutely. And him. the way, and going on to the CFL draft and then, foregoing that to come and try out for the chargers was, you know, a big gamble on his part. And if he makes a team then yep, adds more to the story. Uh, yeah. He's, he's one of those guys you root for and a guy that the coaches will definitely love. Okay. So let's, let's talk about corners. I think they are going to carry five corners. Uh, Michael Davis, Chris Harris, Asante Samuel all have big roles coming up on this roster at corner. Uh, Ryan Smith, while he's been banged up in camp, he was signed this offseason to improve special teams. So I think he makes it. That's four. And even though guys like Derwin and Adderley and Mark Webb all played in coverage during training camp, I think carrying four corners is kind of leaving this group a little bit too skinny. And with as much as they're moving Harris and Samuel around, I think they need the depth. So I think they carry Brandon Faison out of sheer depth necessities. He is going to be the fifth corner. That means the corner from last year, Tavon Campbell, gets cut. But I've got them carrying five. Michael Davis, Chris Harris Jr., Asante Samuel Jr., Ryan Smith, and Brandon Faison. Yeah, I have the same four, the same five, excuse me, um, with Faison and Smith rounding out the last the last two spots in the group. Uh, I will say Faison's missed, I think, four straight practices now. Mm-hmm. And he seemed to be falling down the depth chart um, since about middle of last week. 
So I'm, and I, I keep reading a lot about Dante Vaughn. I haven't read anything at all about Tavon Campbell. So I'm kind of wondering if based on the plays he's making, if uh, Dante Vaughn might have a chance of making his way up the roster. Seems like face probably pretty safe, but keep an eye on Dante Vaughn. He's a kid who keeps making plays, getting his hands on footballs uh, and coverage. And he might have a chance to snag that spot if, if face misses too much more time. All right. So we agree there. Let's move on to this next group. And this one seems to be pretty easy. It's the safeties. Yeah, I, I've got them keeping four safeties, Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, Alohi Gilman, and Mark Webb. Uh, we talked about this on the defensive uh, training camp battle podcast uh, last week. Uh, Gilman is a guy who's been playing uh, safety when the Chargers go to their dime packages. Mark Webb has been playing some safety, some corner. He's been, he's played money. He's played um, star. He's kind of been all over the place, and they've been raving about how smart and versatile he is. So he's a lock to make the team. The, they've only got one other safety on the roster, and I haven't heard anything about him all camp, and I'd be shocked if he made the team. So at this point, I think four is pretty safe, and there's a lot of versatility in that group. You know, They're talking about Adderley being much bigger and stronger in camp. James has been picking balls off left and right, making plays in camp. This is a a fun group of guys who seems to be – they all seem to be playing well and filling multiple roles. So it seems like those four spots are pretty well locked up. Yeah, I mean, there just hasn't been much competition there. Yeah, uh, Ben DeLuca, the fifth safety. Yeah. yeah, there hasn't been any competition there. So it's it's the same for Derwin James, Asir Adderley, Mark Webb, and Aloha Gilman. Uh, so that's that's easy. Let's go ahead and move on to these last three. We've done 50. So the only thing we differ on, it looks like, it, uh, before we get into special teams, is the running backs. I have them cutting neighbors. You have them cutting Roundtree. So let's see how special teams shakes out for kicker. Um, I got them keeping Michael Badgley. I mean, it just seems like no kicker really wants this job anyway, and <laughs> nobody's making their kicks in practice. So by default, Michael Badgley gets to keep his job for one more season. That's, I mean, that's all I got. Nobody's doing anything to make a case for themselves. So I've got them keeping the money badger quote unquote for another season. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to wind up going with the veteran, hoping that, you know, being with a, no, a new staff and getting a second, a second chance on life will you know, help him kind of bounce back from two pretty bad years in a row as he's been declining ever since his first year with the team. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, the Kessman kid, Alex Kessman, mm-hmm. didn't even kick in at uh, – he didn't have any live kicks, I should say, at FanFest. And uh, the Vizcaino kid, uh, I think he Tristan. was like Tristan Vizcaino. I don't think he kicked the ball that well at, at FanFest from what I read. So none of these he guys really kicked the ball well. Um, mm-hmm. So doesn't seem like anybody's coming up and grabbing it from Badgley. And in that case, you'd expect them to keep the veteran. Yeah, yeah. So they'll probably keep Badgley for one more year, and then Badgley can go work at Lowe's in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moving on to Punter, do they keep Ty Long? Do they not keep Ty Long? I think they're keeping Ty Long. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't even know if there's a competition here, to be honest with you. I, I haven't heard anything about anybody, and I just assume you know he's the starting holder on the depth chart, and he's a starter from a year ago, and he wasn't terrible. So I, I think he keeps his job. Uh, long snapper. Cole Maza. Yeah, yeah, I don't care either way, but yeah, I'll say Cole Maza. Okay, <laughs> so we are, we are in agreement on everything but the running backs. It comes down to Gabe Neighbors and Larry Roundtree for the Light and Round podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. 
We appreciate you guys. We will cover the preseason game once it's done. This is your second podcast of the week. I am at Garrett on Twitter. Jamie? At Lightning underscore round. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.